United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Yesterday, the United States Institute of Peace hosted a bipartisan congressional dialogue, as they called it. They were discussing the issue of religious freedom internationally and how it affects a lot of the things that happen in this country. Well, it has to do with international security because of stabilizing uh, some unstable regimes and issues like that. Two of the participants, Representative John Molinar is a Republican from Michigan. Representative Tom Suozzi is a Democrat from New York, our honorary co-chairs of the National Prayer Breakfast. What did they find out? What did they learn? What can we learn now today? Let's bring in Jason Klocek, who's Senior Researcher of Religion and Inclusive Societies Program at the United States Institute of Peace, tweeting at J.A. Klocek, J-A-K-L-O-C-E-K. Jason, welcome. Thank you for being on POTUS today. Great to be with you this morning. I, uh, I wonder, so f- the, uh, the idea behind this is to talk about, first of all, the, the religious discrimination and, and the cost. And it's not just a moral cost, correct? That's right. There are real material and security uh, interests at stake here that um, not only is uh, the persecution of religious minorities been on the rise for over the last couple of decades, but that's come at a real uh, consequence for political stability uh, as well. Is there a sense of why it's on the rise? Uh, that's the sort of question that keeps me up uh, at night and a lot of my colleagues at USIP and other places. Um, it's something that uh, is relatively recently being addressed. Uh, both uh, amongst academics and policymakers. Um, but um, we're, t- we're trying to figure that out. And part of our efforts to do so is a new initiative here at the United States Institute of Peace called uh, the Closing the Gap Pro- Project, in which we're spending an entire year trying to answer just that question. In fact, we, uh, we've seen and heard recently much about the Uyghurs in China. We hear about, for example, the, uh, the government in Turkey cracking down on uh, non uh, non-Muslim groups just because they would like to consolidate their power in that country. I know that in India this has become an issue, and it sounds like the, the idea is like, well, let's, let's make sure that we make the other the enemy of the state. Yeah, that's right. It's a trend, again, we, we've seen on the rise over the last few decades, and um, one way to think about it is that um, there are short-term and long-term costs to these strategies. So one answer for why it might be on the rise as well is that governments sometimes prioritize the uh, long-term benefits over the short-term costs. So in China, for example, the regime justifies its repression of the Uyghurs uh, based on its national security interests. But uh, both there and in other contexts, we've seen that that repression can actually lead to or exacerbate grievances that already exist and then lead to new cycles of violence. Admittedly, India is the world's largest democracy, but it does seem that this is uh, the, the, that your concerns are maybe disproportionate to what we've been hearing reported in the news about the challenges in India. What what should we know about India? Uh, India is an incredibly important case, just as you mentioned, because it's the world's largest democracy, and we do tend to think about religious freedom violations in authoritarian countries or non democracies, but they're not restricted to those contexts. Um, in Germany, for example, in two thousand eight. Uh, the region of Bavaria passed a law that requires crosses to be placed on the entrance to public buildings. So we need to think about what's going on both in democracies and non-democracies. Uh, India is particularly uh, of, uh, in the headlines today because of the Citizenship Amendment Act that was passed just before the new year um, and uh, the cycle of violence that it seems to have sparked again in which um, both uh, Muslim uh, citizens but also Indian citizens 
uh, have protested against this piece of legislation, which discriminates based on religious affiliation. Jason Klocek with us from the United States Institute of Peace. Why, why should American citizens be concerned? What, what does this do to national security and our posture internationally? I think that's, the burning, that's a really burning question. And um, there are a number of reasons uh, we should care in terms of national security, uh, particularly in this uh, during the global pandemic. We're seeing that um, this spike in persecution of religious minorities and the targeting of religious minorities has increased only uh, uh, further over the last six to seven months. And this has real repercussions both on how uh, we think about uh, security across the globe and dealing with the pandemic. So minority groups have been scapegoated for spreading or uh, for spreading the disease. But that actually exacerbates the problem in those countries. Those minority groups have been imprisoned in places like Iran and where uh, they're actually more likely to get the, the virus at that point. Um, it also sort of t- takes the uh, focus off of uh, other ways the virus is spreading. And then more broadly, uh, as I mentioned, uh, religious persecution can often lead to new cycles of, of repression. It's, it's not always the cause for civil wars in these countries, but it certainly uh, intensifies divisions between majority and minority groups that might be um, uh, divided along social, political, and economic lines. But this uh, only uh, adds additional fuel to the fire and can lead to uh, further unrest uh, in parts of the world that we have a strategic interest in. Has this been focused mostly on state-sponsored discrimination? I ask that question in part because there have been mm-hmm. some concerns about the rise of uh, of certain religious discrimination concerns in this country, in the United States of America. And I wonder if this is mostly looking at states uh, cracking down or discriminating against religious groups. So those of us that uh, spend a lot of time thinking about these issues and focusing on them, we often look at religious freedom violations that are conducted not just by the government, but what um, is broadly thought of as societal discrimination or hostilities against religious groups by non-governmental actors. Uh, so we're looking at that in the USIP project. And the Pew Research Center also has um, looked at that for um, a de- over a decade now. Um, that uh, also has been on the rise, um, and you sometimes see these not rising together. So in the Middle East, for example, we've seen since the Arab uprisings that government restrictions against religion have not necessarily increased, but sectarian violence or social hostilities have. So cops, for example, in Egypt have faced um, more threats um, from the majority Muslim population than they have before the uprisings. So we can think of both of these types of discrimination as rising uh, across the past few decades. Uh, finally, this project, Closing the Gap, discuss that because I think it's, what, about another year to go in this? That's right. It will run at least through the end of this calendar year. Um, and there's been, as I mentioned, an increased interest in religious freedom uh, around the globe over the last few decades. Uh, and while that's led to, and that's led to a lot of new data collection efforts And so what we're trying to do is use some of the most recently collected data by scholars and policy institutes to rethink or at least analyze some of the the conventional wisdom we have about religious freedom and its relationship to peace and development. And just as a bit of a preview or a teaser, what what we find oftentimes is there's some support for what we, uh, for example, the link between uh, religious freedom and democratization. Uh, Democracies do have higher levels of religious freedom, but it's not always a, a, a straight uh, forward of relationship between religious freedom and socioeconomic development, for example. Um, a lot of countries in the Middle East are highly, uh, have high levels of uh, GDP per capita, but also high levels of religious freedom. So what we're trying to think about are the um, conditions under which religious freedom does or does not lead to these 
sociopolitical outcomes, and then also work with our USAID partners to think about how they can include religious freedom pragmatically in their program uh, cycle. We will look forward to updates as we go along through this project. And thanks for the update today, Jason. I appreciate you being on POTUS today. Appreciate being with you. Thank you. Jason Klocek is Senior Researcher of Religion and Inclusive Societies Program at the United States Institute of Peace. He's also a research fellow at the University of Notre Dame Center for the Study of Religion and Society. The issue of this problem with the crackdown on religions and discrimination in different countries around the world, how that actually hurts us for national security. There's a moral issue, obviously, a component to this, but there is a practical concern, as he just laid out for you. And if you want to know more, you can just go to their website, the United States Institute of Peace. And there's also a YouTube video that I guess I should probably treat out for you if you want to see it. You can find Jason on Twitter at J-A-K-L-O-C-E-K, J-A-K-L-O-C-E-K. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.